Cornstruck with Clark and Alyssa. Hi, Alyssa. Hi, Clark. <laughs> Did you miss me? A little bit. Yeah? A little bit. It's been like a month since we've sat down and, and done this. Yeah. It's the longest we've gone. I um, mercifully got to read something other than Harry Potter for a while there. Yeah? That was good. Ooh. Are we going to talk about it on this episode? No. No? Because I didn't finish it. Oh. I'm, I'm still, still working on it, but... Hmm. Cool. Do you feel well rested? Do you feel... um? Ready to talk about books yet? I'm I am very excited to tell you about other things that I have read in my life. That's great. It's I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, you will get a very good chance to do that because um, just like we did at the end of last season, or sorry, pr- prior to season two, we're going to talk a little bit about other books that we've read that aren't Harry Potter, books from our past, um, maybe not our distant past. Well, sometimes our distant past, but also just you know last year. But how we're doing it is. Let me set down my drink here. <laughs> I have this basket. And inside of this basket, I have some fun, compelling questions. You were so excited about this basket last time, too. <laughs> I love this basket. And we have to shake the basket every time before we draw because life is short. So let's add some whimsy to it, right? So inside of this, we have questions such as... What were some of the questions we talked about last time around? Do you have that written down? Um, we I think we talked about... Um, books we never finished and weren't going to yeah yep um i think we talked about books that showed us a different perspective or changed our perspective mm-hmm. um trying to remember what books i talked about because that that's helping me get back to books we were glad we were forced to read mm, i think that might still be in here really yeah we'll okay. see well, that's uh, the general gist of what we're in for today. Yeah. So in this, uh, it's kind of a shorter episode because why not? We're still somewhat in vacation mode. It's probably going to be, from the time you're listening to this, it's still going to be exactly one month before the first episode of season three. But we have a couple episodes in between and, and one episode that we're actually pretty excited about. Mm-hmm. So definitely, um, even though... Keep tuning in. Keep tuning in, even though we are between seasons, because we're just going to keep talking about books and... Um, other things so ready to draw a question Alyssa? so ready play it on me shaking the basket go for it okay clark why don't you tell me about some books that brought you joy or a book that brought you joy a book or books that brought me joy you say Mm -hmm. hmm let me pull up my handy dandy google doc Mm. i do not have it loaded all right um Oh, here we go. So a book or books or something similar to a book that brings me joy. (laughs) Or something similar to a book. This brick, which is (laughs) book-shaped, has brought me joy. What? We're between seasons. I can do whatever I want. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Let's see. Uh... Books that bring me joy. I'm going to go, and this is where my my little caveat kicks in. Um, I really enjoyed, and and still enjoy a bit as an adult, but as a child, I would sit down and read these endlessly. But the compilations of Garfield comics by Jim Davis. And I know that's not a book, but it felt like a book as I was flipping through pages reading things. I would argue it's a book. It's bound like a book. 
Yep. If it's bound like a book and smells like a book, it's a book. Quacks like a book, it's a book. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked just about all of the compilations of Garfield comics um, because unlike reading Garfield in just the newspapers, just whenever you catch a newspaper thing, um, newspaper thing, comic section, if you're standing in line at the coffee shop and you just need to pass a couple minutes, you read some Garfield. And nowadays it's been very hit or miss. Jim Davis has very much lost his passion and his touch, and he probably should have quit five years ago. Oh, ouch. <laughs> it's true. Sorry. Um, but in his prime, he was writing some really actually interesting, compelling storylines that you would only really get in a compilation. And, and I guess unless you read the newspaper every single day. But even then, it's so much easier to just read the comics in their order, compiled in that order. And that's how he would do the books, you know? It would be like this plot line and then this plot line. And we kind of got to see the darker, well, not darker, but we got to see a more complex Garfield and John and Odie. But it just, uh, it just brought me so much joy. And because it was just funny. And, and just his use of um, very understated comedy because Garfield's all about just like everybody's this well Garfield's kind of the straight man you know it's like whatever he says he says it coolly and confidently and without apology and you know John is the one who's always freaking out about Garfield and Odie's just kind of you know a slapstick character so what we get from Garfield is a very understated subtle form of comedy and I feel like that was actually executed very well um throughout the books and there's some moments that I would genuinely I would read the comic and I would just laugh until I cried and I'd go back and I'd read it again and it was just so funny and I know that's surprising because it's Garfield and it's not funny and it hasn't been funny for quite some time (laughs) but at one point it was a very funny book that is a level of humor that I can say that I don't think I've ever gotten from Garfield laughing until I've cried I'm glad that it has brought you that joy (laughs) I I was I was also 10 so (laughs) keep that in mind it was uh I was very I was much easier to please back then I wasn't looking and being like hmm (laughs) wait a second how old was Dumbledore uh it's, (laughs) it's nothing like that so I was I was just young enough that I it was written directly for me at mm. that age where it was a little bit edging into the philosophical side of things. It made you think a little bit, but it wasn't Calvin and Hobbes deep. It was a lot more slapstick than that. So Garfield turns out Garfield. Yeah. How about you, Alyssa? What, uh, what books have brought you joy mm. or book like things? So mine's mine's uh, a recent reread um, oh. and it's, it, it feels like too obvious of an answer at times, but um, it's actually To Kill a Mockingbird. Really? Yeah. Uh, Who's that by again? Sorry. Harper Lee. Harper Lee. There we go. Um, I believe she was the first woman to win a Nobel hmm. for literature. Okay. Um, and she has the same birthday as me. Many years difference, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, when I remember reading it as a freshman in high school and and not loving it because it was a book that was imposed on me in class, but I, I liked it well enough. But I remember really identifying with Scout, the protagonist, um, because honestly, she she was a young girl, but in a lot of ways, I was a lot closer to her uh, worldview as a 14-year-old than mm. I was to anyone else in the book. 
And so I sort of read it through very juvenile eyes and revisiting it as an adult who has been through, you know, the youth of Scout and the sort of coming of age of Jem and then grappling with tough issues of Atticus. Yeah. yeah. And knowing and, and understanding and respecting each of their journeys. It was, I remember sitting in my car at, that I, I was on my dinner break I was sitting in, in a hospital parking lot because I drive away from work and just like sit somewhere and like watch the sky and eat food and turn my brain off. But I was reading, wow. I was reading this book and I got to, to the, the line that scout says that folks is just folks. And, yeah. and I just like started crying, which was not like a, a, a great, um, signifier of joy I don't think yeah. but it, it the the emotion that I felt was like a, a deep truth there and a deep like respect for people and I, I think it, its root was joy yeah and while you're finding a piece of yourself that you haven't been able to put words to before yeah and this this the message of that book of of imagining people as full people mm. and it spoke to something that I've been grappling a lot with as as an adult and as a journalist um, and as a writer of how do we tell stories of full people even when we don't share their perspective. And to hear this young girl who grows up in this very segregated community and and that prejudice is just inherent and to hear her say, you know what? people are people and yeah and and the underlying argument there of people deserve respect and love was just like oh to to hear the like hope and this huge understanding from this small child and yeah it's just like oh there's hope for humanity people are people and we can understand that and we can get it as kids and if we take care of that we can foster that and people can grow up and continue to have that belief if we encourage it yeah so it's a weird joy but it was definitely joy that i felt in that moment of i remember closing the book and being done with it and being like i just went on an incredible journey Hmm. and i'm so grateful for it so it feels like an odd answer but it's a much more sophisticated answer it's a true answer i think yeah and that kind of goes to the idea that like humans are almost like inherently good or that any any institutions like racism sexism misogyny are placed upon us by society but like at our base we are vanilla pure beings which is not something i necessarily agree with but it's a beautiful vision and and i think it's i i don't i wouldn't say that that's what the novel is arguing i Mm. think a lot of how scout gets to where she is is based on her father's raising of her and the fact that she is raised largely by by their their help their servant calpurnia Mm. um who's a black woman who she loves and she respects her and who respects scout like it's 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 there's a mutual love there Mm. and atticus respects this woman and 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 so the way that he treats people is he models a, a, a respect in a folks is just folks hmm. mentality and so she's picked that up and she's grown into that and owns it herself hmm. and so it's oh, that's such really inspiring a good book. yeah 
if you haven't reread it as an adult, I it's 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 a ride worth taking. I hadn't even thought to, so <laughs> I will do that because I I did read it and I'm just like, oh, okay. And then I wrote my paper and I was done. You know? It was that nice little thing that you had to go through in high school, yeah. but it's it's totally worth revisiting. That um, brings to mind. I don't know if you're familiar with the the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows, uh, but it is a website slash Tumblr. That slash YouTube video mm-hmm. series, yes. I think. I've seen the U- I've, I'm subscribed to them on YouTube. Yeah. So they <laughs> attempt to create words that define things that perhaps a word hasn't been created yet, but it really should be. And they work to kind of solve that problem with actually tremendous success. So that that brings to mind the word sonder, mm-hmm. S-O-N-D-E-R, which is not a real word, or at least not yet. It's a matter of time. But the definition of Sonder is the realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own, populated with their own ambitions, friends, routines, worries, and inherited craziness, an epic story that continues invisibly around you, like an anthill sprawling deep underground, with elaborate passageways to thousands of other lives that you'll never know existed, in which you might appear only once and as an extra sipping coffee in the background, as a blur of traffic passing on the highway, as a lighted window at dusk. Sonder. So I think that making that realization, I feel that there are people who never fully make that realization. And that saddens me because I think that is a very important part of realizing your role in society in this world in this spinning blue marble where we were all dust it it adds this incredible complexity and beauty to it i don't know that's just that's kind of what you made me think of with your folks is folks thing Mm -hmm. is uh, the concept of sonder and how important it is to realize that it's not about you and that's okay it's not supposed to be it's not it that's that's not what makes this world a beautiful place you know and just the fact that you get to be a little blip in it and you do get to be just a passing light on the highway that is so beautiful in its own way so yep want to <laughs> grab another question yeah. from the basket yeah you. <laughs> that one was supposed to be a lighter one sorry i made yeah. it dark well, that's okay okay oh there it is oh Books. Okay, so books you're glad you were forced to read. <laughs> I didn't write this one down. That's okay. So you should go first. I should. Because <laughs> mm. I didn't write one down. Let me pull up my handy-dandy notes here. I'm going to take the words forced to read. I'm going to interpret that in such a way as that um, when I was in elementary school, there was a uh, reading incentive program. I forget what it was called. It may have been like Book It or something like that. Um, it was an accelerated reading. It may, have been an accel- it may have been an accelerated reading. But either way, we were encouraged to read as many books as we could, and we would take a little quiz on each book if it was in the directory. And then if we passed that quiz, it would be credited to us as having read that book, and we would get a certain number of points. And um, I was competing with this girl that I had a, a wild crush on. <laughs> <laughs> and um, her and I were always competing for top of the pack. So I would start off just reading, you know, smaller books, trying to accrue as many small books, just just books, just purely how many books did I read? 
Because um, books is just books. Because books is just books. <laughs> <laughs> Sound around that for a while. So uh, it started off where I would just read shallow, quick books that I could just quiz on super fast, Dr. Seuss, etc. Um, but then I made the mistake of picking up a Redwall book because mm. I liked that cover. And um, and I was encouraged to read it because, I don't know, I, I needed to be reading something, period, because um, I needed to stay ahead. So even, this, even though this book was longer, I read like the forward and the stuff and I'm like, you know, I think I can do this. And the great thing is, I, there are like a bunch of sequels and stuff. So I can just keep reading nonstop and just sequel after sequel after sequel. And I'll be able to stay ahead and be able to get caught up in this universe a little bit. So it's kind of my mindset. I was sick of reading the shallow stuff. I wanted to read like a real book. So I grabbed this as a real book and I got sucked in so hard <laughs> to the world of Redwall and Martin the warrior and Matthias the warrior and, and the foxes and the moles and the um the otters and just all of these fascinating characters and i don't know if i would have picked it up if not for the reading incentive program because the reading incentive program made me realize that that it's not as much about just reading as many books as you can it's about like you're more likely to find something you love if you're out there actively looking for books mm-hmm. and i think i made that realization with redwall even though it definitely slowed down my pace and it slowed down the number of books that I could read because it is a bit more in-depth. There are some big words and there are some big concepts and it's it's not just a quick read. Um, but I feel as if I got something even more valuable from it um, because I got to enter the world of fantasy for really the first time. And I know it's no Lord of the Rings. It's no, you know... I had read some of the Chronicles of Narnia, but honestly, it kind of bored me. So it, it it's like giving me a new shot at fantasy and realizing what it could be to a young child's imagination. And it also got me interested in food. So there's that. Because it, after every big battle, they'd throw this huge feast. But it was all like vegan stuff because they were herbivores. So you'd they'd just be chugging this dandelion wine and making these beautiful dishes with flower petals and... and everything and i'm just like wow cooking is such an incredible communal experience and the way that uh brian Jacques writes this is that brian Jacques? yes yeah um he he kind of made me realize how you know why my family would gather around at the holidays it's not because they wanted to add stress to my life it's not because they just wanted me to get kissed on the cheek by my great great like my great aunt or something like that it's like it's, it's not because of obligation, or it wasn't supposed to be about obligation. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be about people getting together and celebrating their community and their families and what they've survived over the last year. And I feel like Redwall helped teach me those things. So Redwall, just and, most of them. Yeah, and you, you read a lot of Redwall books too. So it, like, yeah. it sparked a... A long love of a, a great series, right? I mean, yeah. how, how many did you read? Probably like, I guess it's only like seven or eight, but like seven or eight. It's <laughs> pretty substantial for a yeah, kid, though. For like a third or fourth grader, yeah. yeah. So it was fantastic. People actually died, like deaths. People were actually 
killed, which which set me up for another book series that we'll inevitably talk about. Um, but yeah, Redwall, that's my answer. Awesome. How about you, Alyssa Small? What what's uh? Let me grab a little card. Books you're glad you were forced to read. Um, I think for a lot of people, they're they're forced to read things because of school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually going to go with a different community that um, I was I I was supposed to read it. I wouldn't say I think it was a requirement, but it wasn't really policed. Um, when I worked at my church camp, mm. uh, required reading for all of us before we got there was Dietrich Bonhoeffer's Life Together. Huh. And that sounds like a couple book. It's it's not. It's. It's a Lutheran monk writing about how you live in a monastery peacefully. And what's the name of that one more time? Life Together. Okay. By Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And it was a slog to read. It's not very big. It hmm. is it is a very thin book. Um, but it's it's kind of dense language. It's not very reader friendly. Hmm. But the philosophy in it like it it laid a foundation of greater understanding for that community and honestly like that community has made me the person that I am today in understanding how how to live with people and how to be open with the people you live with and how to be kind with them and be patient with them and upfront with them when you disagree hmm. and it went into like how you should eat at the table together and how you should worship together and how you should sleep together and how time alone is important and also time and community is important and you shouldn't celebrate either above the other and it and and how you deal with conflict and and it was it was such an interesting notion to me that monks encounter conflict <laughs> like yeah in in my mind monks are are these like peaceful humans that just you know they they're weird and they're in that community that's not for me and they've kind of just figured it out and they're just always just kind of okay but they're humans and they're they're gonna probably have some ego problems and they're they're gonna not agree with the direction the monastery is going in and they're gonna have some some doubt in their faith and they're going to go through all the same complex human emotions that we all go through. Yeah. And so I'd sort of like minimize this weird com- kind of community that I don't really think about very much anyway. <laughs> and so it opened up this whole way of living to me. And then I went off to work at this camp that in a lot of ways is sort of like a modern monastery. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and it reading this book I'd been a camper at this camp for years and years and I thought I knew everything about it when mm. I got there. And then I, I read this book and it equipped me for more peaceful, more patient living in really close knit community. And when you're in each other's business all the time and you're not getting a break, you're not going out in the world, you're not changing the people you're surrounded with on a daily basis it's really hard to live peacefully and be patient and not let conflict fester. And so I'm really grateful that I read that book because it, it, it helped me live better in community and it helped me do life together better. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't know that I would be the patient person that I am today. Hmm. That sounds so helpful for 
especially at that age had you had like roommates in apartments yet i'd had one roommate it was it was right after freshman year of college okay so that's a good time to get that book because you are about to encounter a whole lot of situations where you are stuck in a place with a person and if you don't make it work <laughs> it can make your life very complex and i i mean i would firmly recommend this book to any person who's entering a new living situation like it i feel like it should be a required reading for anyone who's about to live with new people hmm. and it wasn't until i studied abroad and i lived with four other people with of varying faiths and varying from varying walks of life like Mm -hmm. that was the most diverse community i'd ever lived in actually was when we studied abroad the only thing we had in common was we were studying abroad and we were all from america (laughs) and it's not much the parts of america we were from we were from were so different too that it was like we don't that doesn't even feel like a commonality yeah (laughs) yeah. i was like i don't i don't know how to do this i don't know how to live with people who don't have even a a similar understanding of faith or a similar understanding of like time outdoors or like similar like you've read things like that was the first time I'd branched that far out and so I I would I would recommend this book just because it pokes the dragon a little bit about how you should listen to each other and hear each other out and yeah not let problems fester Hmm. and have grace with each other yeah i like that yeah very good answers (laughs) well thanks Alyssa. uh that book again for the people who have short memories like myself that is by dietrich bonhoeffer it is called life together uh and my book was red wall by brian jacques such a good book Jacques. I always thought it was Jackie's or something like that. Jake's I, was what I thought. Jake's, yeah. I was and kid. I took French. So. <laughs> yep, that'll do it. <laughs> and that'll actually do it for us as well. Um, thank you so much for tuning in to this bonus episode of Wordstruck. We hope that you uh, found a little bit of something that interested you. Hopefully you'll, I don't know, go grab a book off of a shelf. doesn't have to be any of these books, but a book go do it even if you've read it before and it was 15 years ago just go grab it and see what you think see see what kind of person you've become while the book stayed the same you know yeah yeah that's such a fascinating journey it is. um and if you pick anything up because of this or if you pick any of these books up you should totally tweet at us or email us and let us know what you think mm-hmm. or if you have your own answers to these questions we would love to hear what books brought you joy and what books you were for you were glad that you were forced to read yeah so you can do that on twitter at wordstruckpod we were also on facebook um you can of course find show notes and more episodes at secretweaponproductions.com and uh shoot us an email at wordstruckpodcast at gmail.com absolutely thanks everybody thanks clark